superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This content factory we call The Rich Eisen Show. This is The Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show. I can't tell you enough how much I love your show. With guest hosts Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Boom! Live. Boom! From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen brand is really hot. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now, sitting in for Rich. We're ready for any challenge. Here's Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Welcome, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf hanging out today. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us. We have not just a a great show today, a big show today. Lots of fun guests calling in. Got Jerry Ferrara coming up, as well as Super Bowl champion Donovan Smith. And a dear friend of mine, the legendary Dr. Robert Clapper, is going to call in and give us some updates on the Anthony Davis Achilles situation which is very real out here in Los Angeles. And we'll get to all that, but full disclosure, Ryan Leaf and I have somewhat of a Hollywood relationship, and that's going to change over the next few days. Cause we're going to get to know each other a lot better, which I'm looking forward to, but we've played golf a few times and I was on a zoom call with you. So that's, that, that's as Hollywood, Hollywood as it gets. So I'm looking forward to hanging out for the next or pandemic or a pandemic uh, relationship where you are socially distanced on a golf course and very distanced on a Zoom call. So, yes, we, we, are, we are pandemic golfing buddies that are now in a professional realm talking about all things sports. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. Finally, Rich and his team take a, a week off. I mean, they've been going straight since the beginning of August with the NFL making it through the whole year and, and everything else. So, you know, Really well earned opportunity for them to be away for a week and give us a chance to, you know, dive into all the things that we've probably been really interested in, but haven't got a chance to talk about. Very appreciative to Rich uh, for taking the week off, and we're excited to be here. And you know, I, I've been very lucky throughout my career, Ryan, to have some experiences and some memories that hopefully one day, when it's all said and done, and I've got a bunch of grandkids, God willing, I can sit on the porch and tell stories like, hey. I once did a Stanley Cup preview show with Ron Artest for five hours. Who's going to win, Kings or Rangers? Ron, let's go Rangers. All right, we'll be back for four hours and 57 more minutes of the show. I once covered a Pirates of the Caribbean premiere with Kermit the Frog as my co-host. My brother was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Really? So, yeah, we are, we are connected now here. Uh, yeah, he, is, he was a... He was a filthy pirate, you know, that got some got some screen time. Typecasting at its finest right there. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I've covered NBA Finals and Sundance and all these great things. But now I get to say I've made three hours of radio with you when it's all said and done today. So I, I, I add that to the list of, of great accomplishments in my life. I'm very the, much looking the, those forward to are, Those are bucket list items. I understand, you know, and I, I hear people checking them off all the time when they talk about, you know, do something really interesting with Ryan Leaf. So a lot of times it's not just, you know, hosting a a, a a radio show with him, but uh, you know, I digress. Nonetheless, you're checking these boxes off, which is great. And guess what? 
ironically enough, after meeting you playing golf, one of mine was to uh, do something where we have recorded audio together as a, a bucket list item. Well, I'm glad the audio was not recorded the other day uh, when we were on our production call because you said something, Ryan, that made me want to throw my laptop in the ocean. Oh. You said that Deshaun Watson has no leverage down in Houston. I know. And to me, I look at it the exact opposite way. So I'll give you a chance to explain why Deshaun is the one here who is stuck and has no leverage, and then I'll take the opposite because I well, feel I, I, very strongly I think, about this. I think it was it's hyperbolic to think that he has no leverage. Okay, so I, I, in the in the conversation of what what team had or what. Uh, situation has more of the leverage. I, I truly believe it's the Houston Texans simply because they have them under contract. Now, there's a, a limited amount of money they're able to fine him. They're not able to you know fine him the entirety of his contract that he was supposed to be this year, and that's, that's what Deshaun would have to do to forcibly put this into play, and that is not play the entire year probably. If I'm the Houston Texans, it's already, you know, it's already complete chaos as it is. If you're without your star player – Okay, but if you're you're digging in and trying to make a, a statement here, I think they have the more leverage. Now, is it going to be viewed uh, in a better light if they if they go dig in like that and don't and he doesn't play and everything when it's all said and done? What's the PR going to look like when it's all said and done? I think it may look better for for Deshaun Watson at the end of the year, but I, I really do. I think they they're just in a position right now unless they get a king's ransom, and I'm hearing, you know. Herschel Walker style trade, and that's the that's the floor, right? That's the floor. You're going to have to add some other things to that as well. Which, if that's the case, then Houston's got to take a listen. But guess what? All you ever do in the draft is try to get a franchise quarterback. That's all anybody's ever trying to do every single year when they go into the draft. How can we get a franchise quarterback, a guy that's going to play 15, 16 years, and that's the only way you win a championship? Well, Last time uh, a team that won the championship without a, like a franchise quarterback, I would say was. Uh, Trent Dilfer and the Ravens, to be honest with you. Well, this is, this is where we, we, dif- we differ in our opinion on this situation because while it's Deshaun Watson who is seeking a, a new opportunity to go and play football, I think he has the leverage because he's coming into a franchise that, as you said, is reeling, just said goodbye to their face of the franchise for 10 years and J.J. Watt, have a new head coach. Just a, it feels like a mess there. It's rock bottom. So oh, it is a come, mess. He can don't come in and say, yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. And he doesn't have to be here anymore. And for the Texans, they shouldn't look at it as being a who's got the leverage, who's got the power. This is a tremendous opportunity for them. If I'm the Texans, this is the best thing that could happen to my organization right now. Because you just mentioned a Herschel Walker trade. Well, who's the Herschel Walker in this situation? Deshaun Watson. Yep. And which team had Herschel Walker at the time when they made the deal? The Dallas Cowboys. And what do they go on to do? Win multiple Super Bowls. So if I'm the Texans, this is amazing. This fell into my lap this offseason that I get to go out there and get a King's Ransom for, for this quarterback. Who, let's be honest, Deshaun Watson, tremendous talent. Transcendent talent. Possibly could be one of the great players in the league for the next 10 years, 15 years. But since he was drafted in 2017, Ryan, I want to read just off some of the names who have come after him. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. That's just in the last three years. They're new guys all the time now. I know the quarterback position is the most important position in the game, but you can fill that position a lot easier than you could in years past. So I think the, the, 
Houston Texans have to understand that, yes, he's special and he's going to walk out the door, but you got an opportunity to have somebody else walk in the door a lot quicker than you might have in the past. True, but it's a crapshoot. It's 50-50 at best when you're drafting a quarterback into the NFL. You know, just look at my scenario. So you, so the leverage part in all this, I think, is, is clearly um, – and how, however the, the team chooses to do it, I think they are, they're the ones that have all the leverage now because it's still the asset. You, the asset never truly has that leverage. The team always does whether they want to keep him there and force him, force him to play, in, play his contract or not and leverage him as an asset to get all that that you need. Um, you know, but, you gotta hit, but you also, don't, don't get me wrong, if you do go through that process, you've got to get it right. right? You've got to get a Deshaun Watson in return in a, in a draft pick. You know? And I don't know this year if that exists. The only way to go do that, in my opinion, might be to find a way to trade with Jacksonville to get to one and get Trevor Lawrence, but they're not, you know, Jacksonville's no, it not going to It doesn't sound that. like Jacksonville's moving off of that. Uh, ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. We appreciate you rocking out with us. Ryan's going to be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But if that quarterback doesn't happen for them this year, you don't have to get the guy right away to have a bridge guy. You know, you have a lot of guys. But you've got to be have... bad enough to have a high draft pick. Have... And that... Yes, but even you know, even teams like Kansas City weren't so bad when they drafted Kansas. They got what they, they, had to, they had to trade up to get that pick though, too. Right, and if you're yeah. able to go get a King's ransom, a Herschel Walker You'd type of haul for Deshaun Watson, something tells me in your piggy bank you're going to have a few coins laying around that you can cash in. Well, and that's kind of why I, that's just I think when you that's why I think they have more leverage. I just think they have more leverage than than. Uh, but he's not going to play there again if he doesn't want to. And I think the NFL. Oh is no, starting I, that, to realize, that, that wasn't necessarily my my point. Right. My point is like they have like they even if he even if they ship him out of town, like they have the leverage in all this. The only thing that that Deshaun has is he has that no trade clause. Like they just can't ship him off to anybody or any who, who you know. It's they can't ship him off to anybody, and they have to ship him off. Like they cannot yeah. have him come back. They cannot have him play on this team with. His Do you app- think? Do you think that uh, Easterby and and, uh, and McNair are are positioning themselves to make it look like they still want him because of the things that they're saying, or do you think that um, they're really you know dug in and, and going to say our wills are over going to are going to overcome this player when it's all said and done? Because if what you're saying he can't come back there, he can never come back there, then. What they're saying out there right now is just posturing to make people believe that they tried to to salvage this. Yes, absolutely. I think what they're okay. saying right now is trying to do. They're trying to do the PR spin. They're trying to put something out there uh, to save the PR crisis to their fan base or or to whomever. But it, it no behind the scenes. I think they're actively taking calls. You know, I made a list of a bunch of teams, Ryan, that feel confident in not only who their quarterback's going to be this upcoming season, but the season after that. Okay. There's only a, there's only about 10 or 12 teams that feel like they know who their quarterback's going to be not just this season but the season after that as well which leaves about 20 teams that have no idea who's going to play quarterback for them in 2022. What an opportunity for this Texans ownership and this Texas front office to go out there and talk to 20 plus teams and try to make something happen. The thing about the NFL too it's just it's 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 about turnover. It's about rebirth. Uh, eight new head coaches, probably on average every year, hired and fired, and then when that happens, the fan base and everybody believes that 
the organization then is in a you know regrouping, refocusing, rebirth of scenario, which means comes along with a quarterback usually. You know, they kind of go hand in hand with the coach. And I did the same thing. I I thought this was when you just said that I did the same thing. I had I had sixteen teams, half the league that I felt were in need of a quarterback or could possibly for this upcoming season. for this upcoming season. And then to add your variable in there of next season because then you could throw the bucks into that. You really can't throw the Bucks into that that scenario. Yeah, the Bucks uh, don't. The Bucks don't know for sure, for certain, that TB12 is going to come back uh, and play in two seasons. Although you and I know he is going to play forever. Yeah, he's going to play until he's at least fifty, um, and that's that's the that's the least part. A lot part of, of avocados. Yeah, we're the same. We're the same age. We're relative. I mean, literally less than a year apart. My last college football game, my last college football game was in the Rose Bowl against Michigan, and he was on the opposite sideline. So let's. Just put that out there. I was warming up for a hike yesterday, and uh, I, I strained my calf muscle. Okay, so the dude's a freak. I I, I could not not bet against uh, Patrick Mahomes for whatever reason in the game, even though I talked all week on NFL radio about how the offensive line was going to be a huge problem. But I still couldn't like after talking about it all week. I still couldn't make myself go, oh, and I'm going to take the Bucks plus the three. Oh, good. We've got a Super Bowl champion and left tackle, Donovan Smith, coming on the show around 10 o'clock here on the West Coast and 1 o'clock back east. And I'm sure we're going to bring that up about how you decided to bet against the Chiefs. So I look forward to getting into that with Donovan. Uh, But yeah, it's very tempting when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, obviously, in that high-powered office. But we forget that he got his clocked cleaned like a couple weeks prior in that end of that, I think it was the Cleveland game. Uh, that that could have still had an effect as well as all the other things going on off the field with Andy Reen's son. And, and there were so many things happening to that front front line, of course. You go back and revisionist history and just hindsight is twenty twenty. But getting back to the to the quarterback situation in long term, I think that opens it up for these teams now. Like I said, if you don't know who your quarterback is after next season, then you really become interested in Deshaun Watson because he's your long-term fix. And then if you're that, that's the that's the question mark here. All this, like so, like the Rams firmly believed that they were one player away. They were a quarterback away from now being the NFC representative and a Super Bowl champion. So they went out and got it, and so they gave away their draft capital. That's to them that was okay. My 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 thought process on these other teams, if that that King's ransom is going to look great to Houston. But what team's willing to depart with that type of stuff and still, like, you would get the quarterback. You better be a team that has a lot of draft capital. You don't have to mortgage your whole team and other kind of players to be named later and stuff like that to go to Houston to get Deshaun Watson because then you put yourself behind the eight ball in terms of, well, we got the great quarterback, but what the hell are we going to do now? We don't have the, the defensive presence to, to battle week in and week out and get, get us through the NFC or AFC playoffs, right? It, that's the problem where the Rams felt like, hey, you know, we're not going to have a first round draft pick until, uh, you know, until I'm in a, a nursing home. But still, they feel like now they are in a position because of the quarterback need. Jared Goff just wasn't good enough. I still have some qualms about that a little bit in their relationship. Oh, with I'll McVay. tell you, I'll tell you, as, as a Rams fan, uh, I was the first one to be, the, to be waving that. at him on the tarmac at LAX when he was flying off to, uh, to Detroit. I said, thank you for your service. Goodbye. The performances I felt like in the Seattle game and the Green Bay game with like one thumb, I just, I, I just thought it was, was 
Yeah, but it's been but it's been all year, and it's yeah, it's, it been, it's been it wasn't. Just I was the, the big guy. Game. I was the big guy on the train of like, don't extend him. Just let him play through his fifth year option. If he does, and if he re- if he repeats what he did in the Super Bowl year, then then you can do it. But when they extended him, and I had a lengthy conversation with Rich, and when I'd come on the show and, and talk about this, like, why are we extending these quarterbacks after the third year? Unless you know for a fact, because. There's no point in doing it. You have look. A, you can still, but now you can extend him and still move him, and yeah. that's what Philadelphia is going to do. That's what Deshaun Watson's going to have happen in Houston. It's going to happen but the, with but, Jared but the Goff. Money, like you could still move them, you, but the, there's no necessary risk to, to fulfilling that that cap hit. Who cares? Don't even put yourself in a position to limit yourself from going and getting other players for the one year or the two years in the new contract. Like that number is huge. It limits you. Just keep them on your rookie contract, and then to your point. Then if it if it's not working out after the fifth year option, you go okay, you know maybe we franchise him if we're still still kind of figuring it out like they're doing with Dak. So everybody's everybody's giving the Dallas Cowboys a hard time about this, but they're kind of doing it the right way to try to build the rest of their team in this process. I really think that's the truth. But again, this is where getting to host a three hour radio show today with Ryan Leaf will go on my my list of stories to tell the grandkids on the porch one day because you understand better than anyone what it's like to have a volatile player in a cl- in a locker room. And if you have some player who's not getting paid what they deserve, that can cause a ripple effect that's very damaging to your organization. And you have first-hand perspective that that is unique, I think, compared to other people I get to have these conversations with. And that's why I love I like I really love the opportunity to get to talk to you because you understand what it's like to a player's mindset. I mean, Dak's an interesting individual and he had suffered a tough injury this year. So that situation's had some twists and turns. However, Guys want to get paid when they deserve, feel like they deserve it. So you can't just string everyone along. That's other people's feelings are none of your business when you're owning a team. I'm sorry. You know, you throw that out of it. You're, you're trying to build a champion. All right. You're trying to build a champion. And what, um, you know, what the Rams were able to do a couple of years ago when they, you know, they went out and bought a defense um, to, to compete. And they did. A lot of those players in Dominican Sue and that crew, um, allowed them to play for a championship. Offensively, they just, you know, they were they, they couldn't get it done. And they so, haven't had to do it with first-round draft picks because beside, they, they they traded a King's Ransom to get move up to get Jared Goff. And I think besides the Goff pick, I don't know if they've had a first-round draft pick. Out they haven't. He's the last one. Yeah, they won't the have one, one now until 2026, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, so if you're talking about one of these great, these teams that wants to go out and make a move for Deshaun Watson, you know, you don't have to hold on to your firsts like they're sacred. You can move them. Well, the Ram- well the Rams had a few for the future, and they were they had to have those available to trade with with Detroit. Now, don't get me wrong; the Matt Stafford situation was, uh, you know, Stafford made it pretty clear. He made it clear to, to the Lions, to the to his owner, uh, to his representatives that there was two landing spots for him. He was going to be selfish for the first time. He he hadn't been a selfish guy throughout his career, and he was this little Mexico trip that he was down on where it all kind of transpired. He made it very clear to his agent that, okay, it's either the Los Angeles Rams at one. It's a Mexico trip soundtrack there is what it is. It's a little I think. soundtrack that's saying like, we're going we're gonna to go to break here uh, on... Uh, well, I want to get to the Matt Stafford Mexico yeah, trip this, coming this, up this, next. We've got Jerry story. Ferrara calling in as well. Plus, we're going to have Super Bowl champion Donovan Smith. we got a big show. Ryan Leaf, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc. 
part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf hanging out today. Rich is off all week. Ryan's going to be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we've got Kirk Morrison at the end of the week. So a lot of football hot stove. I feel like football has really surpassed baseball. Sorry, Dad, in terms of hot stove come the offseason. It starts, obviously, with the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a lot of questions about some of their free agents and how their line, their roster is going to look Next year, starting in the receiving core, obviously, with Godwin and A.B. Do you think TB12, Ryan, as a quarterback, wants to keep those same guys? Or is he okay with throwing to new guys because he's done it so many times throughout his career? Well, I think what he has in place in Tampa Bay are incredibly uh, talented players. Like, like, he had to make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken whatever in, in New England a lot, you know? So... He's got he's got Ferraris running around in Tampa Bay now. I'm sure he'll have some ideas. He'll, I'm sure he'll talk to the general manager and the head coach about some other things, you know, because no matter what anybody had to say about the Antonio Brown signing late in the year, uh, you know, it gave him another Ferrari. It really did. It made defenses prepared differently for that team down the stretch. Yeah, Ferrari scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Now, you know, obviously Tom Brady has earned a right to be in those conversations with management and have his opinion heard and, and taken seriously. It's interesting when you start to go down the list of quarterbacks and you mentioned before the break of, you know, being involved with ownership or having a say in the draft or, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't consulted the way probably he should be in Green Bay. And there's some animosity there as a result. Deshaun Watson felt like he wasn't consulted enough in potential head coaching hires or other positions around the organization. At what point do you give a guy a seat at the table like that? Because well, guys gonna are going to make... come in earlier and earlier and younger. Does Baker Mayfield get a seat at the table? No. No. He's got to continue to prove. Deshaun Watson has proved, I, I, I feel like. Um, I don't think that if Baker, gets, if Baker gets the extension, like if he gets the franchise extent, you know, extension in the contract, where you become, where the ownership is saying, okay, you are the most important piece of what we are doing, and we're going to show you with a, contract commensurate to that when that happens that's a different conversation that's like you are the ceo of this fortune 500 company therefore you have to have your hand on the throttle making decisions not necessarily you know and it doesn't hurt the team at all to placate somebody you don't have to listen but if they feel like they have a voice in the conversation you just maybe placate if they could have done that with deshaun watson from the get-go and just said hey let me have a voice in it they didn't have to go with his direct in his direction but at least he would have felt like he was part of the 
of, of the solution. You're, ab- you're absolutely right. To to ingratiate yourself as an organization to your star player only benefits the the organization. Right. Um, Deshaun Watson, one of those players who's often described as, oh, the guy loves to compete. You hear that a lot about players. Oh, this guy, he loves competition. The guy loves to compete. You don't really hear that about too many civilians, non-athletes. I'm just like, oh, your buddy, my friend, he loves to compete. Except for our next guest, Jerry Ferrara loves to compete. This man is an animal in pickup basketball, an animal on the waiver wire for fantasy football. He's up two, three o'clock in the morning picking up back in, back up tight ends. This guy's a gamer. He runs the Knicks. He brought the New York Knicks their first championship since 1974 as the GM of the Knicks gaming team. This man loves competition, and he's kind enough to take a, uh, some time away from competing to hang out with us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Jerry? You know what, Ben, Ryan, I am so competitive. I was already getting angry at who I didn't know who you were going to say. So I was trying to size <laughs> up who you were going to say. I was already getting competitive. I didn't know who else you could have been talking about. It's good to have you on the show, man. I know uh, Daddy Duty is keeping you very busy these days. Um, but let's talk a little uh, New York football giants while we have you on the show here. Does, is Daniel Jones someone who loves to compete? Are you confident with him as your quarterback in the NFC East this upcoming season? You know, I was a lot, a lot more confident after year one, like a lot of Giant fans. You know, it, it's hard to get a full assessment in a very challenging year, obviously, for a lot of teams in the NFL. But also, you know, he pulled that hamstring back in like week five or six, and then the Giants kind of went on a win streak without him. So I think his stock definitely took a little bit of a hit. But I think this coming year is going to be telling. Hopefully, you know, Saquon comes back fully healthy. We have the 11th overall draft pick, so hopefully we maybe bolster up the offensive line a little bit. Joe Judge in year two. So I think this year will be very telling. I'm still very, I'm still optimistic, but this is a big year for, for Danny Dimes coming up. Jerry, if they had a chance to go get Deshaun Watson or if they had a chance to get another quarterback right now in a trade that wouldn't cost them capital on their team, uh would that be something as a fan you'd be interested in seeing, or are you willing to ride with Danny Dimes? Because I'm putting that out there right now. He he got compared to a very lowly stat this year. He was in the area of 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 having more turnovers in his first 26 starts than a guy named Ryan Leaf. And when you start getting into that kind of cat, you know, you know, area, that's that's a problem for everybody. Okay. Look, I. I... I honestly haven't even, that's a great question because I haven't even processed that. And obviously all the attention is, you know, are the Jets going to go after Miami, all this stuff. I, look, I, I think if you have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you absolutely should. I, as a Knicks fan, which Ben can relate to, though, uh, I, it all depends on what you are mortgaging. And I do know the price tag will be hefty. Uh, as long as you could still get a guy like Watson and then be competitive and build around him, you don't want to put him in a similar situation with, you know, not the greatest offensive line or, you know, one of the best wide receiver weapons going to another team. I, mean, I have all the, the spotlight is so much on the, on Watson, maybe with the jets that I haven't even begun the process that I, I, I think I would, I would welcome that because, you know, we definitely had a defense that could keep Deshaun in games. We have some nice options coming offensively. Might be one of the best running backs he's ever had. If he ever was on the giants, that's such a fantasy though, Ryan, I don't, I don't, 
I mean, he just blew my mind with that. I was not ready for that. <laughs> Jerry Ferrara joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. And, and Jerry, you mentioned that we, uh, we are forever bonded by our love of the New York Knicks. And with the Boston Red Sox having finally won multiple World Series now, breaking the curse of the Bambino, with the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs, with the Clippers being relevant in the NBA, the Sh- Ryan Leaf Chicago Cubs won a World Series. He never thought he'd see that in his lifetime. Is being a Knicks fan the biggest joke in all of sports? I'm not going to say it's the biggest joke because, you know, right now the organization really is being run right. We have all our first-round draft picks and actually other teams' first-round draft picks, which is more than we can say that we've had in a long time. Uh, I actually, this is so foreign to me, I was looking around. I'm like, you know, let me go check and see what the odds are for the Knicks to make the playoffs. And, the odds are actually like pretty good. It's, I expected much more of a long shot kind of feel. I don't like where they're at. I'm not used to this. Like now there's like an expectation of we, we very well might make the playoffs this year. It's just so foreign to me. I think you feel the same way. So uh, look, it's a race. I mean, Browns are, or the Knicks who get the championship first. If you had to put money on it, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess you'd say the Browns right now. That's right. Sure. I forget, but, Ryan. Um, Jerry's out in Ohio these days, so his team-in-law yeah. is the Browns. So he's been he's an honorary Browns fan, so it just adds more suffering to his life as a Nick fan. <laughs> I, I, My poor I think son. That, yeah, I think that uh, being a long-suffering fan, right? I was a Cubs fan. Uh, growing up my whole life, and I tell you what, if they do get to the, if they do get to, you know, it's the playoffs and years down the line, Jerry, you're going to be watching the finals, and and I know you had this before back in the day when 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 they kept getting there, they were really good. Pat Riley was the head coach, or Van Gundy, or wherever they they got to that point. But when I watched the World Series a couple years ago, I, I did not enjoy a minute of it because I just was waiting for it to absolutely crumble in front of my eyes. And then in Game 7, when it started to crumble, I just I, 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 I didn't enjoy it. So I need them to do it a second time where I'm just free to enjoy everything. So I think that might be the only problem when they start getting good again for you, Jerry. I think that could be the real issue when it all plays out. Well, I, I completely agree. And I will say, you know, every now and then you'll, you'll hear the rhetoric. I feel like even Rich has actually told me, like, why are you still rooting for the Knicks? I think Rich and I have had this uh, uh, debate on, the sh- on this very show quite a few times. And the fact is, is, like, look, I know they have not given us maybe a ton of reasons to, but that's part of fanship. That's, that's fandom. You, you, the climb is the best part. And I feel like when, if, if and when they ever do get to that finals, you're right, Ryan. I'm not going to enjoy a minute of it. When the Giants <laughs> made the Super Bowl in 07, 08 and beat the Pats, I had the chance to go to Arizona to the Super Bowl, and I declined because I said, I don't, this is not an enjoyable experience for me. I'm not going to travel to go to an unenjoyable experience. I'm going to be in my home, chewing on my nails, pacing on the floor, probably near uh, passing out at times. So I'm with you, but if you do get there, after suffering all these years, I imagine, and Red Sox fans have told me this, it is, it is the best feeling in sports. No, s- sitting next to my father, Jerry, as the Red Sox won the World Series uh, in 04 is, is one of the best experiences I've ever had in, in sports. And as you know, he is the, 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 the world's biggest Boston Red Sox fan. Left my high school graduation early because Pedro was pitching and it's going to say cause of death Boston Red Sox on his tombstone. So, yes, I understand that when you put in the work all the suffering, all the years of agony, and it does pay off. That is the, the, the beautiful you know, experience for a fan, and we've got that hopefully to look forward to in our lives. Now, Jerry, you mentioned your son. I hope he sees a Knicks championship in his lifetime. How old is he now? 
He's uh, just a couple of months shy of two years old. I mean, like, yeah, like, what is that going to look like? Is he going to be 30, 20, 10? Well, how old is he going to be when him and I are sitting down and, and just, like, closing off to the world watching, like, a Knicks-Lakers final? I don't know, Ben. I don't know. Now, you and Ryan are, are dad, so I would wonder if you guys had the same approach to this. Like, Jerry, I saw you crossing over your child on Instagram. I know you're <laughs> yeah. – I know you're – pushing that Knicks fandom on them heavy over being a Cavs fan in that, that was household. My question. So yeah. yeah, how are you, both of you as dads, how do you kind of try to mold your child to liking the sports and the teams that you guys do? Well, and I'm curious to hear your answer too, Ryan. Uh, for me, like, look, obviously I'm not going to push sports on them. Like you have to have to play. I'm just going to, you know, put it in front of them. And if he likes it, great. As far as the fandom, right. Uh, at this point, really, the Knicks are the only non-negotiable thing. Like, if he wants to root for the Browns, I won't love it. But, you know, the Giants have been so good to me. It's like, all right, you want to root for two, you know, two organizations that haven't won championships? Great. Uh, as, same thing with the Yankees. Like, I want him to be a Yankee fan. But if he, for some reason, takes to his mother's, uh, in, you know, Cleveland Indians, that's, that's fine, too. But the Knicks are really the non-negotiable. Like, if you're going to like basketball – I, there's there's no other like then you better then you might be moving out early if it's not the Knicks. I've I've found that to be like I, I the same way like I'm not going to push anything on it on him at all. My dad didn't, um, but I could tell. I look back now and I could see how my dad was trying to push me towards the Boston Celtics or the Minnesota Twins. I, I see it now <laughs> what he was trying to do, and I and I I realized I did the same thing last year. Right, every year the Cubs come to town to play the Dodgers here in L.A. And I, and I go and buy tickets for the, the four-game series. So I didn't get to do it last year because of COVID, but the year before. And sure enough, I went out to uh, a jersey store, and I bought a Cubs, little baby Cubs jersey, and I put MacGyver on the back of it. So he's got the – only, the only jerseys he has in his closet are, are Cubs jerseys right now. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, total, I'm inceptioning him. I'm really like putting this thought in his brain, <laughs> not realizing it. So, yeah, I think that he'll – be careful. Be careful because that, that – that, thought may not grow in a positive way in his mind and it could back backfire on you jerry yeah you know right now it's only nick's jerseys and then there's like a mix of like because i look at like this too as far as giants brown you know there's no like crazy rivalry with those two franchises like you want to talk cleveland yankees all right there's a little bit something there there's you know american league and then like nick's Cavs. it's just like if you want to root for like i said it's non-negotiable but um (laughs) yeah i just uh it's going to be real. It's going to be real interesting uh, as he as he gets older and starts forming his own his, his own opinions. Um, but yeah, Nix is non negotiable. Jerry Ferrar joining the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. And quick before we let you go, Jerry, I do want to talk some Hollywood with you for a second. You had a great run on Entourage. I was like your Le- Le- LeBron in in Cleveland stage or even Miami stage, <laughs> and you go back to Cleveland and you have another great run on Power. What's going to be your LeBron in the Lakers stage? Are you looking to make a run at another television show anytime soon? Uh, it's fun. That's a great reference. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we did, myself and creator of Entourage, Courtney Kemp, we sold a show to, of course, like you said, going back to to Cleveland, maybe. We sold it to HBO. So I'd kind of be going back home. Uh, we've been in the development stage for a little bit, got some scripts ready. Now, obviously COVID has impacted all of that. And I think stuff is starting to wind back up, but uh, if, if all things go according to plan, you, you'll see your boy back on TV for a third act. I don't know. Do people get a third act? I really have had a, a really good run here. So I'm just wondering 
I, you man, know, Jerry, I'm in like I'm in like, like Jerry, I'm in like my tenth act. So yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's all over. Well, you know, hey, who knows? You know, I've been listening to you on our buddy uh, Connolly's uh, Victory Podcast. That's that's got some legs. That's got some legs that could turn into something. It definitely does. Those guys are having a great time over there. It really is now like a great way to go back down the memory lane for me. At, now I'm 41. We're talking about some of these episodes where I was 25 years old. I'm like, oh my, yeah. it really was another lifetime ago. But I'll tell you, there has to be a third act. I got another kid coming in like two months, so there, there <laughs> needs to be a third act. You know, these, these kids eat into the entourage money real fast. Well, uh, hey, man, I appreciate you checking in uh, and spending some time with us today because you got a lot going on, on on the home front, it sounds like. So hang in there, man, and uh, and just, you know, keep the faith with our New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett is going to be a Hall of Famer. It's destiny. I completely agree. You two are some of my favorite dudes in the world. Uh, happy to hear you guys doing this today, and I can't wait till we could actually uh, hang out in the future. The most intense pickup basketball player in America, Jerry Ferrara. Thanks so much, dude, for joining the show. All right, fellas. I'm seeing this guy like, I mean, I mean, talking about fight, be, mouth guards be. getting thrown, uh, just a, a, a t- intense arguments. The guy's a beast out well, there. Well, you gotta be. You're five foot four. I mean, <laughs> there's gotta be a, there's gotta be some freaking fighting you. Hey, you know, when you we come to. back, I want to hear that Matthew Stafford down in Mexico story from you. What do you say, Ryan Leaf? Ben Lyons like filling it. in here for Rich Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf hanging out here on a Monday. Appreciate you spending some time with us this week. Have uh, Super Bowl champion Donovan Smith. He's going to be checking in the show coming up in about 15 or 20 minutes. And then we've got my buddy, Dr. Robert Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai here in Los Angeles. Going to give us an update on that Anthony Davis Achilles situation which has the entire city of Los Angeles here holding its breath. The NBA um, is, is, is oftentimes ravaged and defined by injuries, and this could be one of those season-defining injuries, it seems like, for the Lakers. So he's getting an MRI a little bit later on today. I had heard he's flying to Minnesota to get it. He did a post-game last night with reporters, so that has to be encouraging if you're a Lakers fan. If, if a guy tore his Achilles, it doesn't sound like he'd be wanting to talk to the media. So he aggravates his Achilles and coming up uh, at 11 o'clock here on the West Coast, 2 o'clock back east, we're going to have Dr. Robert Clapper give us a little Clapper vision and explain what the, what the heck's happening with AD's Achilles. Um, Ryan Leaf joins us, of course, this uh, this top of the week. He's going to be here through Wednesday. Kirk Morrison I'm a starter. here on Thursday I'm a starter and Friday. And then, uh, and yeah, then and then your backup Morrison, Morrison the comes in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not about who starts the game, Ryan. It's about who finishes it. I know, know and that's, that's why I'm a little upset about what's going down this week. But just, you know, I'm not going to voice it extremely loudly. I may throw a couple rants uh, on, on Twitter or something like that. No, but just I'll, do, it, I'll, do it passive-aggressively. That'll be really good for the culture here at the Rich Eisen I can't show. wait for Kirk Morrison uh, to, to join the show on Thursday. I think that's a great addition. He's really going to help out the, 
the show for you guys. I know that. Yeah, Ryan, you'll be live tweeting from the golf course on Thursday and Friday, <laughs> so I don't feel too bad for you. Hey, you, ta- you were talking about before Jerry came on. Jerry Ferraro right. was kind enough to call in. You were talking a little bit about Matthew Stafford down in Mexico. This is a this is a this was a big story for me, and I had some little some some inside information, and, and Matthew Stafford uh, was checking out of the hotel down, or was checking into the hotel in Cabo, I think it was Cabo down in Mexico, and who's standing at the at the lobby desk? But Andrew Whitfield, or sorry, Andrew Whit, uh, uh, Whitworth, the big left tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, and he's just like. Hey, Matthew, what's going on, man? You know, uh, McVeigh just left here. And um, he calls McVeigh. McVeigh touches down in L.A. On his, PG, you know, on his private jet, flips it around, goes right back to Cabo after he heard he was down there. And that's how this all started. And then, they were, and then Staff, Stafford and his crew were locked in a room with a whiteboard, like going through it with their agent, Tom Condon, about what this could look like. And he finally like put his foot down in terms of like, I'm going to be selfish. This is, you know, I got beat up. I put everything I could into the Detroit Lions. They're going to ship me away now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be selfish. And because there's a lot of teams, the Denver Broncos had a, a, a tremendous pra- a package. The Indianapolis Colts had a tremendous package they put together for the, the Rams. And Matthew Stafford said, hey, I got two spots to his agent, Tom Gunn. Either you get me to the Rams, and then he was like, but I'll take the 49ers if that's, if that's where – where it goes. So it came down to those, those two squats. So if Matthew Stafford hadn't gone loitering through the hotel lobby in Cabo looking for a smoothie, then he might not be an L.A. Ram is what you're saying. Maybe not. I mean, eventually it might have got there. But, I mean, hey, you know, Andrew Whitworth is, you know, he should be getting a little commission commission from the, from the Rams. And, on you know, a, a U-turn on a private jet is not easy to do. That's not <laughs> like you missed me? your exit on the 405 and you got to double back on Sepulveda. This That's is, like that uh, fu money type of scenario, you know. One that uh, either you, you either you do because you have so much money that you don't worry about it, or you do it because you're just like, you know, you're you're so impulsively reckless that you do it. And I don't think it's I don't think it's the latter. No, but for, you know it's real when uh, uh, Coach McVeigh is knocking on the cabin door and saying, "Hey, let's uh, turn this thing around back to let's Cabo. flip a Yui here and head back to Cabo." I yeah. feel like uh, I feel like the margaritas here in LA are just I mean they're good, but they're just not, not the same. Quite spicy enough. Um, so, but now that you have Matthew Stafford and and that's the piece. But listen obviously. to this. There's another yeah. part to oh, this. Right. Continue Matthew Stafford in Mexico stories. Yes. Brian there's Lee. another. There's another scenario here because. Uh, other team like Condon was his agent was coming back saying these Detroit's pushing for this because they get more compensation and everything like that. It has it's got to be. And then Matthew came back and said, "This is this is where the selfish part came into it." And Matthew said, "I'm I'll I'm not I won't take their physicals. If these teams, I'm, I will not take their physicals. Therefore, I won't be cleared. I won't do it. You know." And so he kind of put his foot down for the first time I think in his career, and there, that's where the selfish nature came into it. And I I'm really proud of him because he got to a place where I think he has a chance to win a championship and. Uh, uh, I thought I found that to be really interesting, and how that all played out in some random hotel in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. What's also interesting because here's a young man who is finding his own voice and standing in his own truth and owning his own destiny. And sometimes it takes longer for certain guys to get to that place. I have a phrase I say all the time, and, and my wife encourages me more to to lean into it. It's that reinvention is the path to self discovery. When you take on a new side of yourself, you actually get closer to the truth of who you actually are. Now, he's earned his the right to do that by NFL standards. He's played for a long time in that organization, took him to the playoffs, 
uh, has not had great success team-wise, but is individually carried, you know, his weight. But Deshaun Watson is kind of cutting the line in that process. He didn't have the 10 years of equity with the organization. He doesn't have multiple head coaching changes and multiple, you know, uh, turnovers in the roster. So he's kind of doing that a little earlier than what is the status quo, if you will, in the culture of the NFL. And I think that's why he's unfortunately getting a lot of pushback because what's the difference, Ryan, if Matthew Stafford is saying, okay, I believe in myself. I want to go somewhere else. I've earned Deshaun Watson's doing the same thing. He is doing the same thing. And I, I will say that my early, you know, my reasoning earlier around when a quarterback has hit that threshold, I think it's when you extend him, when you, when you've, when you've shown him the money, because the only way to do that in this league is with, money and if you were willing to put the money where your mouth is in terms of this is my guy then as an organization you have to be willing to take on uh his voice you really do and that's that's where this that's where this miscommunication or the separation of powers thing in houston has divided them to such a point because don't forget he just he signed this extension a year ago it's not it's not like it was been two or three years and he's gone through this he signed it a year ago so he was comfortable enough in that moment and then what happens after he signs this extension right i mean you know o'brien does some crazy things they they ship off his best receiver in in deandre hopkins to to arizona uh they fire the coach midseason they have a terrible year uh his other receiver ends the season with peds i mean yeah i mean so everything everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong and he was so fed up i mean it was probably just a small thing like a small little thing that he could be resentful over at when it's all said and done like hey just let me be in the room or let me have a conversation with you guys about who, who were, you know, what my next 10 or 12 years of my career is going to be tied to. I mean, there's, that's an important conversation to have. Well, I wish these contracts were really more two ways in that Deshaun Watson had, you know, signs a deal with the Houston Texans and, and that's with the assumption that they're going to be a functional organization. That's with the assumption that's good, that they're going to do their due diligence in their coaching hires, in their personnel evaluations and when they don't do that, when they don't hold up to their side of it, he calls him out and he's the bad guy. I don't understand that. I feel like, again, this is a, such a blessing in disguise for the Houston Texans. It's a bad PR hit in the short term. It causes some confusion and unrest in the organization of what is our long-term strategy here. But reinvention is the path to self-discovery. You can take a new quarterback in a draft. You can make a trade. You can rebrand your franchise, rebrand from top to bottom. You lose J.J. Watt. You lose DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to lose Deshaun Watson. That era in Houston Texans football is done, definitively so. So let's move on and be excited about what's next. And I think that's a great opportunity for them. That's hard to do for fans, right? Because they're like, we have this. We have this in place. This is what we... You know, it's hard to do that for, for you know, it's hard to do that for the Jerry Ferraras, right? You're, you're like, you're so invested in, in how they're, so invested in how bad they're screwing this up. How can I get over it? Yeah. No, but it's, your uh, point it's, a, is the it's a challenge. It. No, it's, yeah. it, you're absolutely right. It's a challenge to have that self-awareness to say, okay, you know what? We're, 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 we can't be Sisyphus in Hades pushing the boulder up the hill because it's just going to roll back down. We got to try and do something different. Um, coming up next, I'm very excited to get into it with Donovan Smith, Super Bowl champion Donovan Smith. He's the left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Something tells me, Ryan, he's still on one. I saw him tweeting, looking for the best Mexican food spots in Tampa. I want to find out if he got his burrito. We're going to get into it, what it's like to be a Super Bowl champion a week after winning 
uh, the, the big game. So we're into it next with Donovan Smith here on the Rich Eisen Show.